time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, neighborhood spider friends, to episode 42 of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I am your host today, Matt Chewy. With us today, we have Ryan Davis. How you doing? Doing great. Good. We also have Sean Davis. What's up? Hey, it's good to be here tonight. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, good. You got it. And <laughs> uh, joining us again after a little while, it's Vince Rizzo. What's up, Vince? I'm good. Finally, the first Marvel movie without Stan Lee. Thank God. I'm just kidding. Please don't hear me. Wow. <laughs> you kicked off the podcast, Vince. <laughs> this is what, although I did remind me, I think I saw some article or like d- dumb clickbait. Why wasn't this first Spider or the first Marvel movie without Stan Lee? Why? Or you like? Uh, of course. You know of I mean? course, you read that. I mean, I like to think that that was <laughs> something the from like Clickhole or The Onion, but yeah. No, I don't think it was. That's the and I believe you, and that's why I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to upset you so early. It's okay. It's Let's fine. see, we're at oh, so we're early. Twenty you're... seconds in. Oh, dang it! You're planning on it for late later on. Yeah, exactly. You got to build to that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll try to I'll try to de deescalate, and we'll try to we'll try to build back up to my whatever I'm going to rage out about later. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, cool. Well, we're uh, we're all here. Yeah, what's the, what's the what's the original uh, core cast crew? The the original four. We're all back. We're all here. We're all re- we are all reunited. Uh, before we get into our main conversation, which is Spider Man: Far From Home, uh, let's take a trip around the chunk fire circle and play a little catch up. Um, why don't we, uh, Vince? Are you ready to go? It's, you've been you've been gone for a little while. What have you been up to? How's sure. it going? All right. Well, oh man, let me tell you about a certain endeavor that I'm almost immediately regretting. Let's see. Well, is it, is it, what, is it Spider-Man? Spider-Man? No, is it having kids? Uh, no, see that isn't an immediate regret. It's like one of those <laughs> ongoing time perpetual to regret. Yeah, exactly. Um, I bought a metal detector. <laughs> oh god this is like your this lime is, bike where, thing. I, I'm, where is this going are we li- are we li- are we living in a sitcom again well okay so i thought we decided this is another to like, one of vince's get rich quick schemes look this there, is the reboot of our sitcom i wasn't expecting but hey finding some treasure would be cool every <laughs> uh-huh that's uh-huh that's what happens all the time Thanks. and also i've also done a public service because i found about a hundred rusty nails at la jolla shores so there <laughs> oh, we go man, that's scary wait 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 were they all in the same area or no just, like, spread different out areas the beach? i pretty so, much oh. covered a couple miles on that stupid beach i'm <laughs> like i found a couple uh coins and other metal objects but a whole bunch of rusty nails <laughs> i mean i i would i would see that if you like got a strong detection and you dug and you just found a pile of like 100 rusty nails i'd be like well that's a little weird but at least you know someone yeah. probably dropped these but no it's really all it's around. really concerning yeah yeah i mean it's kind of fun and so how much money have you made um look it wasn't about the money <laughs> <laughs> it was about the nails it was about the it's always about it's always the nails, about the nails. Can I ask but, how much the metal detector cost? Well, but Vince, are you like an old retired man? Like, that's the only people I know that metal detect on the beach. Like what? Gosh, dang it! 
You well, have you a Tommy know. Bahama shirt that you wear? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just... Yes. And uh, cargo shorts. Okay, good. And, I don't have uh, cargo shorts. Tommy Bahama shirt, cargo shorts, uh, Vel- Velcro sandals. Does the metal detector sandals. have the headphones? Do you no, have, like, those headphones? I didn't headphones? buy headphones. Maybe I should have, though, because it kind of beeps yeah. loud. But the, complete the ensemble. See, the thing is, when you're on the beach, like, the water, you know, it's loud enough, you can... It's fine. But look, yes, <laughs> yes, it was $200. Yes, I got a $100 coupon on it, but still. Oh, okay. Well, with the you were saving money then. Yeah, exactly. You'd be stupid not to buy All it. Right. I mean, that's cheaper than a lightsaber at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So. It's true. Mm. And can those find pennies in the ground? I think not. <laughs> and I have found two so far. Whoa, whoa. Things practically paying for itself. It has. There's got to be another purpose. Like, what if um, you, like, go to the fields of Europe and need to detect landmines from World War II? I mean, You're ready. You're sure. ready to go. That'd be well, cool. when do, why do you need to do that? I do. Just, just in case. I don't know. Just in case. I feel like, I feel like Vince has gotten getting himself into enough shenanigans <laughs> on the regular basis where he doesn't need to go to Europe and detect landmines. <laughs> I mean, if that was the thing that took me to Europe, I wouldn't be surprised because it doesn't seem like anything else is getting me there. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me at all either. Like someone would tell you, "Hey, you know what Vince is doing? Yeah, he's in Europe detecting landmines with his metal detector that he bought." I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, sounds makes sense. Bad, bad. Checks out." Right Vince, we need you. We heard you got a metal detector. Get over here. Sign now. up for the pro bono metal detector core. Nobody this young and youthful has ever detector. We need you out here. All the old bitter old men are like jealous and like bitter towards you because you're the young upstart. Like who's this kid? Think he is? He's a no. Oh no! Detecting land empire all by myself. (laughs) This is the spinoff. This is it right here. That's what it's all led to, everyone. And then I get stepped on by an (laughs) ATAT. The end. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. I don't know how you're going to top that. Do you have anything else? Wait me? Oh no, that's yeah. it. That's literally all I've been doing. <laughs> I figured. I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna. Like be able to, I just. I don't, I, I don't think any of us can top that. I mean, I leave no, my no, kids for hours can't. at a time and just go put that thing next to the ground and hope it beeps at things. And let me tell you, it sometimes does. You could probably train your children to use that thing and find all the rusty nails for you. Yeah. I was just gonna say, when they're old enough, you that investment will pay off because you can just you know delegate that task well yeah i mean it's it's on the long list of child labor options that i already have lined up because (laughs) and then you just sit back and then two of your regrets become one anti-regret i don't know what possibly positive let me just sum it up with this one phrase somehow it's the best (laughs) hey hey vince you said you have a list of possible child labor options yeah can that can that can that be a google doc so we can all add to it (laughs) You know what? I think that could be possible. I think okay. we can make that happen. I'd really appreciate it. I got a lot of stuff yeah. I need done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can help you with those things, but if you prefer to see children do it, I mean, I know oh, they I would. need to be children. No, they need to learn. <laughs> they need to be trained. They need to learn. All right. Who's next? <laughs> Who's going to make up something that's better than that? Dang it. Why did, you, why did Viz go first? He should have gone last. Yeah, uh, we should have learned our uh, lesson. Good luck, everybody. After the first episode or the second episode of your Hawaii vacation. She brings out a trump card like that. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go because I don't have anything exciting. So we could go from extreme high to extreme low. I'm not even going to try to compete with it. Um, but... <laughs> All I've done is I started watching Stranger Things season three, which 
is all the rage right now, let me tell you. I, and I'm enjoying it, too. Yeah. I haven't finished it yet, though. Good. That's a good one. Um, we should talk about it at some point, because I loved that season. It was great. That would be fun. And I am halfway done. So, And I think, Ryan, you finished it, right? Yeah, I finished it. That was... Yeah. The second half is fantastic. I would say it's. I, I've only watched the first half, and I already think it's great. So. That is good. It's man, so it's such a step up from season two. Not that I didn't like season two, but season three, it really yeah. found it. You yeah, know, it's, it. Uh, yeah, it. It just it ends so well, and it's, yeah, this is super great. Mm-hmm. Very well, cool. Uh, Very cool. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Stra- uh, so Stranger Things, yeah. And then let's see what else. Uh, Oh, you know what I watched part of, most of? The other night, it was late at night on TV, and I was flipping through the channels, and was as one does, and I came across this animated film called Wizards. Has anyone ever seen and or heard of this film? No, but I'm no. It's familiar. Okay, so I then looked it up, and I was talking to some other friends mm-hmm. about this, friends of the show, actually, and it's a Ralph Bakshi movie. And if you guys are familiar with Ralph Bakshi, he was the one who did the animated Lord of the Rings from the 70s. Oh, okay. Does it look um, like that, But too? his style, if you look up, and so then we, uh, I was with some friends, and they were kind of showing me, and we were watching trailers. Man, his stuff is crazy. Like, like, like weird and disturbing and weird. Like, the Lord of the Rings is the, is the most, like, tame everything. But this Wizards movie I was watching, it's like, it's kind of Lord of the Rings a little bit, actually. But it's like a fantasy animated style um, but it's it's also like rated R kind of. Actually, what? some of his films are even rated NC seventeen, and they're like like really ultra violent. They have adult content in them and stuff. Um, I don't. There's like it's like this whole I wouldn't say cult thing, but it's something that I had not really been exposed to or ever watched. But it's really interesting and really intriguing. Just his whole style. And the most popular thing that he probably did, at least in the general. You know, cultural knowledge is um, Cool World. Oh, I know yeah. Cool World. The nineties. Yeah. yeah, I know Cool World. That was kind of a yeah. Roger Rabbit type thing. Yeah, exactly. And it and it. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that was him, and that was like way late in his career. All he's mainly in the seventies and some stuff in the eighties. Um, and Cool World, I don't think did very well at the box office. No. I don't know how really specifics. Um, but if you kind of think of that style, but like Cool. Cool World again is like his most mainstream. Everything else he's he did is way you know more obscure and weird and mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, so I'm sure my dad, who may or may not listen to this podcast, knows exactly who Ralph Bakshi is because the '70s were weird and all of our parents were kids in the '70s, so maybe they're familiar with it. But for mo- me, I I don't know. It's it's some crazy stuff. <laughs> So check it out, I guess. Or not. I don't know. I just I don't know. I Would you recommend it? Should we check it out? I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I eh, Look up the trailers. Watch some trailers. Okay. I could recommend that. All right. I have time for trailers. Possibly a movie go. if I like the trailer. Cool. A half a recommendation uh, from Sean. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's no rusty nail, but, you know. You do it's no you 50 um, rusty nails. <laughs> um, what about you, Matt? Anything... Um, well, metal detector worthy? <laughs> no, I uh, I, sh- I shaved my head yesterday, so my head. Whoa! My head's, it's I know you can't see it on a podcast, but it's, it's I look like an egg. In fact, I look like egg. I look, I look like Eggman. Egg yeah, I went out. Well, I, I, before I went to the barber, I, I went to 
Albert tacos and I spilled uh, red salsa all over my shirt. So I had to buy a new shirt anyway. <laughs> so I went and bought a cheap red t-shirt and blue sunglasses. So I just walked around looking like Eggman all day long. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you spilled red salsa on your hair, so you had to shampoo right. it all <laughs> yeah. This hair must go. This just simply will not do. I didn't find out about shampoo until later that day. It was a big mistake. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's kind of exciting. Have you ever had your head? You've had your head shaved. I've had it buzzed before, but I've never buzzed, I've never had yeah. it completely like completely bald. So that's uh, new, yeah. but it's fun. I keep I I, re- I realize how often I I put, I put my fingers through my hair because I always do it and go, oh no, what happened? So, <laughs> um, so it's, I'm still getting used to it, but I, I like it. Um, other than that, um, I've been playing some video games. Uh, I got my PS4 back. Sean, thank you for helping me with that. Um, no I re- problem. All good? Yeah, all good. I restarted Spider-Man from the beginning. Uh, I was bumped because, like I've said, I lost my save file at 80%. Um, I'm already back up to like 25% on the save file after just playing for a couple days. So I'm mm-hmm. um, doing well on that. Uh, I also got um, a couple Switch games. Uh, I got Mario Maker 2. I've mostly just been playing levels on the Workshop. Um, My favorite levels so far are the ones that uh, they're like 20 seconds long and and you just speed run through them and you have to to hit every point in the level at the right time or you die pretty much instantly. Um, I've messed around a little bit with the Maker. I saw saw my wife trying to play around with the maker the other day and i was just kind of watching her do it and kind of picked up how it works so i i've just been kind of just messing around with it a little um and uh and then there's this other game i tried out and i feel bad sean because i I invited you over to play both of these games and then i like tricked you into doing chores which i've (laughs) i've also done to vince so yeah Uh, well no that's what the children are for so exactly yes in years to come they will be sanding so what you're saying is, Chewie, we can just go eat tacos, and they can do all the chores this time. Well, we barbecued and went swimming afterwards. But, yes, uh, the last game I wanted to mention uh, is called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. And it's very similar in gameplay style to No Heroes Here, where, you know, No Heroes Here, you have the, ca- the castle tower, and there's different stations. This is, it's in space. It kind of has the Star Wall aesthetic, um, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are, you're on a little weird little, the spaceship reminds me of the one in Hitchhikers, the way it's shaped, but you're in this spaceship and there's like six or seven stations. There's like four guns, there's the driver, there's the shields, and you can only play with up to four people. So you, you have to, while you're playing, you have to kind of communicate with each other and say, oh, there's bad guys coming from behind. Somebody needs to go get on the rear gun. Um, you have to kind of elect a captain to decide where we're going to go and communicate. And the point of every level is to collect so many space bunnies. And when you get enough, it opens up a wormhole um, and takes you to the next level. But the map is giant and there's always extra bunnies that you can collect. And if you do, you get bonuses, you get bonus crystals and they're different colors. And in between levels, you can put crystals on the different stations, the different guns or the hyperdrive or whatever. And depending on what combination of crystals you put in there, your things will upgrade in a different way. So you might turn a gun into a laser sword, or you might turn it into like this like energy mace or whatever, or you might choose to use these crystals and add like a rocket booster to the ship or whatever. So you have to figure out, all right, if if you fail a level, you kinda have to go, what is gonna make the most sense? What what should we equip our ship with and how should we spend our resources? So 
it's a lot of communication. It's you know, it's a it's a great couch co-op game. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a really good party game. So um, I'd love to get all of you guys together soon and play it if you are down for it. It's a good time. That's, that does sound like a good time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's a blast. So uh, yeah, that's what I've been I've been doing. Spider Man, Mario Maker, Space Time, going swimming a lot, and a bald. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Chewie, I feel like you're the perfect person for a metal detector, actually. What, why is that? Time. Because you're a person. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, well, the, the the swimming part is the only part that makes sense to me. Because, like, you're at the beach, so maybe you go swimming after detecting some metal. You know that it actually works underwater? Or at least partially. You can't put the whole thing underwater. But the metal detector part can. Hmm. Huh? So you okay. can, okay. if you ever, like, dropped your... Coin. Learn, learning way more about metal detection than I thought I would this evening. <laughs> if you Thank dropped you. your coin in a pool, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I could maybe find it. I mean, it I might take probably, me a while. I feel like I could find it without the metal detector. Yeah, I think I'd be fine. Um, yeah, I don't know Whoa, about that. Or the beach. Do you ever take it into the water at the beach? I, well, okay, I just got it like two days ago, so I haven't done much of oh, it. So, oh, you're full of exploits of, you know, haven't really explored the capabilities Exactly. Yet. Once I really start going, I'll, I'll be like young, hit, young Anakin Skywalker. When he got his pod racer back up and running, I'll, I'll just yell, "It's working! It's working!" Uh, who's left? Uh, Ryan. Me. I'm the Ryan. only one left. Uh oh, Ryan. And what's I'm, up? That's okay. I'm gonna be the worst one, so you saved the worst for last. <laughs> well, the only thing I really have to be proud of watching was Stranger Things season three, which I absolutely loved. It was so much fun and goodness in my life and now i don't know what to do with myself until the make season four i just want to stop existing until that happens yeah to be honest i actually want to go back and watch it again it was so good like yeah, it was, yeah. It was real good times um do you think in the future they'll have like you could go into they'll have services where you could like induce comas until a certain time and then you just wake up like ah eh, gotta have so. seen a coma for like a year until you know the new marvel movie comes out yeah, that'd be I, good. I, I feel like there's a market for I, that. I don't know if I want to be in a full coma just for a movie, but I wouldn't. I I would like, like in uh, Eternal Sunshine, if you could delete your memory of having seen a show. Oh yeah, yeah. Way, I could watch. <laughs> that's what I would like. I could watch a show but again would, for the first time. Yeah. See, I, I hope that's what I was hoping you were going to say because that would be. Oh yeah. yeah. Like for, like for example, like I would love to erase my memory of like star wars so i can experience it for the first time although i'd be afraid that like oh i'd be like oh this isn't that great well yeah would it, i want to i want to but you would but you would you still like want to eat like it erases your memory so you don't remember the movie like the plot but does it erase your emotional reaction like well i have this love of something i don't even remember well i guess that's sort of the point of that movie in the first place eternal sunshine right is that oh, you, yeah, can ra- you can erase your memories but you can't erase your emotional connection to it sort of i don't know remember i don't remember that movie that well anyway um you were saying guess... <laughs> you were saying you wanted it was eggman dr you, eggman was you want to erase your memory of star wars so you can experience it for, for the first time i just want to erase my memory of attack of the clones and then <laughs> well, and, and then yeah. just never watch it <laughs> and then never watch it <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would so also use it for, use it for that too. Um, uh, or if I could just go into a coma, I would go into a coma for twenty days until Dark Age comes out. I'm excited for that. Huh? 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 Uh, oh, that's true. is it twenty days? It comes out in twenty days. Yeah, or nineteen or something like that. End of this month. Oh dang! Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be there at Comic Con. I know. And everything right before it comes out. That was the next thing I was gonna oh, say. Dang. We're going. Me and Sean are going to Comic Con next week, and we're gonna meet Pierce Brown and for the third or fourth time. <laughs> We're old friends now. Yeah. We go way back. He said that he based the character of Darrow on me. 
Um, <laughs> after he had after written, he had written it. Yes, correct. Um, uh, the only thing else that I've really watched or done is watch Wreck-It Ralph 2, the Ralphening. Um, it was terrible. I haven't watched our, or listened to our podcast yet, though. So I can't wait to hear wait, what you guys you, were think. Were you not on that episode? No, I was not. Oh, I guess, well, obviously, I guess not. Wait, you uh, thought we it was terrible? Very hard. We, li- we enjoyed it. Oh. We, we did not hate it. Okay. We were critical of it. We had lots of issues with it, okay. but we were not... I mean, I didn't hate it. Hate I, it. I don't, hate's too strong of a word for how I felt. But it was very, like, I would say more embarrassing, I think, than anything else. But, um, hmm. Interesting. But, yeah, yeah I'm well, curious yeah, listen, to listen to your podcast to us... about yeah. it. Because I, I just watched it, I think, two nights ago. We spent a lot of uh, we spent a lot of time on questions we shouldn't be asking for that episode. In fact, that's that's yeah. probably the most questions we shouldn't be asking episode that we've done so far. So oh, okay, not, then I, I should else, probably like the episode. You'll, you'll enjoy it for that aspect, I think. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all I've been really up to, actually. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that wraps up our trip around the chunk fire for this episode. Um, we're gonna get into uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, we'll say spoilers from here on out. Um, we have timestamps in the. I mean, if you're at this point already, what you know, I don't think you need to skip anything. There's not gonna be anything after this. Um, before we get into our thoughts on the movie, uh, we have Vince, who's gonna do the recap, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. Do oh, all right. Why don't you tell us what happened in this in this gosh dang movie? All right, so Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, takes place pretty soon after the events of Avengers Endgame. Uh, You know, you got your Peter Parker. He's just like, hey, I know I was Spider-Man, and I did all that, but I'm also a high school kid. And so he's got his crush on MJ. He wants to go on this trip abroad with a bunch of his classmates, and MJ's going to be there. His best friend's going to go, and he just wants to, you know, be a normal kid for the summer. But good old Nick Fury has other plans for him. And he's got to fight a brand new mysterious threat. <laughs> but the end. What is the threat? Are there um, No, elementals? that was my recap. You don't get to ask why that was my oh, recap. That's a te- you're not even you're just teasing. That you that's a teaser. Oh god, do I have to explain everything? You don't have to explain no, everything. Not everything. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's been a while, Vince. Okay, it has been a gotta, while. And I gotta, gotta say, gotta it's, to it's great to be back. <laughs> um, well, continue. All right, yes, fine. he's so he has to fight. Who does he have to fight? Well, we're not quite sure. There's these weird elemental creatures that this new, um, like I guess su- superhero who just kind of shows up. Apparently, is from a different multiverse. You know, a different universe, um, mm-hmm. or a different reality. I guess would be the. He comes in and he says they're from his reality they destroyed his world and he knows how to fight them and he kind of takes on this like tony stark-esque i'm gonna be the one to save the world and you know peter who kind of feels like he has to step into tony stark's shoes kind of looks up to this new jake gyllenhaal character who goes by mysterio (laughs) this character is very jake gyllenhaal like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i got a a very strong jake gyllenhaal for mysterio i don't know about you guys (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was feeling it for most of the movie. Also, the Nightcrawler really had a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal going on there. Yep. That was a movie that had Jake Gyllenhaal in what? it. Oh. <laughs> so, wait, let's get into this movie. I feel I like that was a fine enough Night recap. Monkey. What do okay. you guys think about the way that it started? The opening what, scene? Good wait, 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 why don't we do this the way we normally do it? Sean asks us our initial impressions in the movie. Oh, <laughs> we got a format, Vince. Vince, Vince we got a format. Vince, Look, guys. I have a question. I have a question. Hey, Vince, if you were to recap the movie, how would you do it? Go. 
Oh no! Wait, I gotta restart this. <laughs> uh, Hard to recap it. No. Yeah, we'll get into it. So I, so I'm just gonna brag again because I can. I saw this movie so long ago. I saw it, like way before it even came out, and like normal people gotta see it. Just rubbing that in, okay. anyways. But now I forgot most of it. Uh, uh, no, I I love this movie. This movie is fantastic. It was so much fun and great and. It was funny. It was maybe the funniest Marvel movie, if not the funniest, very high up in the rankings of funny Marvel movies. I liked the villain. I liked the heroes. I liked everything. What were your guys' thoughts? How did? What were your general impressions? Yeah, did you uh, like it? What did you like about it? I'm going to have a hard time talking about this movie because I can find almost nothing that I didn't like about it. Uh, I love this movie. Um, I, got, I, I still only seen it the one time, so I got to double check to make sure, but... Honestly, I, uh, this is the most joy that I've experienced watching a movie this year so far. Um, and I just wanted to, like, immediately watch it again and, like, get, like, I immediately want the sequel. So, I don't know. I just, yeah, same. I, I love it. I, I, I love this movie so much. What, what you... Yeah, I, the way I put this movie, it was, it was too good. Like, I am almost sick of Marvel movies being so good. <laughs> I want a bad Marvel film. So I can watch this movie and be like, oh, yes, finally. Ryan, just look watch forward to movie. seeing a good movie. Well, I did watch Dark Phoenix. and But it's not even like... I, I don't even count it. I don't even, it doesn't even exist in my universe. Yeah, it's not part of the MCU. Also, right. I thought Dark Phoenix was just fine. But anyway. <clears throat> well, anyway, so yeah. I, I thought this movie was just fantastic. I just... Uh, like I said, I just the only flaw was that it was like it was too good. Like, I... You, you, there's not enough contrast between Marvel films. They're all so good, but this one definitely is was fantastic. All right, agreed. Vince, yeah. Vince um, you you are the most recent. Your emotions and feelings and thoughts are so fresh. Yeah, they you may literally even walked be out of this relevant. movie like an hour ago. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. It was strange being in a Marvel movie and being in an almost empty theater because no one goes to see a movie, no. I guess, on a Thursday at three o'clock. But I did. Oh yeah, <laughs> and. Okay, I really liked it. I really did. Um, I feel like it it gets like this movie might get lost in the hype that still is surrounding Endgame, um, which is going to be a shame because I feel like the, like everyone is really like on their in their A game. Like Tom Holland did a fantastic job. I do, I was kind of worried he wasn't going to be able to carry a movie since you know Homecoming. You know, yes, he was in it, but it also had the draw of Robert Downey Jr. You know, Tony Stark played a really prominent role. And he just, I don't know, he knocked it out of the park. And so did Jake Gyllenhaal. I actually wanted more of Jake Gyllenhaal. Every time he was on screen, yeah. I wanted more of him to mm-hmm. be there. Because he just really, he fits into this universe so well. I wish that he didn't, no spoilers, but I wish he was going to be in future yeah. movies. I really do. Well, actually, we We're had a spoiler warning. Spoilers. So you could say spoilers. All right, I wish he didn't die. We approved. But um, I love the way he okay. went out, man. That was funny. Well, there's yeah. some not to get too far off topic, but some people think he's not di- dead because he's a deception guy, and if he's dead, how did he fake the video at the end? Um, also, he's one of the Sinister Six, I think, and they've set up two other ones. So, like, some people think that it's just too much of an allure for them to not bring him back if they want to do a Sinister Six thing. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's all right. Who knows? Okay, he, he could come back. Mm-hmm. But you said you, you said you're worried about Avengers Endgame overshadowing this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I enjoyed this more than Adventures Endgame. 
Like, I, I haven't gone back to see Endgame again, and every time I think about it, and I have all the time right now because I'm on work leave, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't know if I want to sit through that whole thing again, but Spider-Man, yes, like, I felt energized and like, yeah, I want more of this. So, I don't know, just personal opinion. Uh, but. Okay. Yeah, I mean, also, it's kind of interesting you say that because they're doing the re-release of Endgame mm-hmm. with the uh, extra scene, um, which... I think it's funny. It's already the highest grossing film. We're like, yeah, we want some more. And then all the other films that, like, studios that, you know, scheduled their release later in the summer. Like, okay, we're far enough from Endgame. They're not going to be an issue. Uh, Hopefully people come see. And then they're like, what the? Come on! (laughs) It's also weird, too, because, like, the the goal is to dethrone Avatar as the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. But uh, Disney owns fox now so they also own avatar so i I don't i don't know what like i would say it's a pride thing but they own the highest grossing movie of all time now so maybe because they they probably didn't reap any of the benefits did they back in 2009 i mean no back then no but i guess now they get any residual also they're getting merchandise from avatar the theme park at disney world so i don't know um okay i will say though like in kind of speaking to that point of it like maybe being overshadowed i don't i don't know if it'll be overshadowed per se i i definitely felt like it was a perfect palate cleanser though after oh endgame. absolutely and I, I mean and i don't mean that as any sort of criticism to endgame like i loved endgame i love the taste of endgame but i it's endgame but was this was delicious. like a perfect end of of uh, the phase thing it, it it left me excited for more in the spider-man universe but it was just connected enough to everything that we know about the mcu and everything that happened that it kept it fun and like okay it's still part of that they're not ignoring that they're not erasing that they're not you know any of that but it just stood so much on its own on this fun adventure and just the tone was so just like upbeat and yeah. just so energizing <clears throat> i will and this, say uh, and i think it did yeah, keep going. Yeah, go it ahead. did the like the best thing it possibly could have especially coming off of into the spider-verse which i think we can all agree is one of the best spider-man movies ever made where it, yeah. It, yeah. it did something different. It's the first Spider-Man movie to not take place entirely in New York City. You actually go somewhere different Ooh. with Spider-Man, and I feel like that was yeah. really necessary. Well, it's interesting because I was I was actually going to bring that up. It, it is the first except for Homecoming. I mean, I think it's actually really interesting. Both of the MCU Spider-Man movies did not take place in New York. Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the th- we can maybe get into it a little bit more deeply later, but I feel like this Spider-Man saga or whatever has done a really good job of avoiding Spider-Man canon mm-hmm. in, yeah. in terms of the previous films, the comics, whatever you want to say, but it they really did a good job of building its own identity, its own universe. I mean, yeah, it's an extension of the MCU and that's all great, mm-hmm. but these films do feel very separate, distinct their own thing Mm -hmm. from the rest of all the previous incarnations of spider-man which i love but the the final scene of the movie now kind of draws it back in and i wanted to ask you guys maybe we can answer it later but it's to think at least now about how you feel about it connecting now back into more of the stereotypical canon spider-man with joe jenna jameson yeah wait are you talking about the fact that he is so that makes tobe Maguire also canon in this universe right yeah, I, well, I don't think an actor playing the same role is canonized. It to, but it is weird. It is a weird thing, right? Like, I thought about that. Like, wait a What? How? What? But No, that would be like if now Donald Glover is canon voice of Simba because Mufasa was played by James Earl Jones in both Lion King. Like, yeah, that's canon. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know why they didn't um, get JTT back. 
I know. Seriously, um, I, I don't have it in me to talk about the Lion <laughs> King remake right now. Um, but uh, oh, but to answer your question, I you, you know you're talking about okay, less the J Jonah Jameson reveal, which was awesome. I was so excited when I saw him that I missed half of what he said. Um, so I I have to go see it again just to watch that scene again without freaking out. Um, but I like, but I think you're probably more referring to the fact that he's been unmasked now, and he, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of with the MCU, even from the first movie, you know, they've thrown the idea yeah. of secret identities out the window. And this one, yeah, Spider-Man was the only one that really kind of had. A secret yeah, he was, and and right. and uh, I had been wondering if they're, you know, what they're going to do with that once it starts connecting. Um, but I I don't mind him getting like more incorporated into the fold of like shield and all that stuff and the marvel the greater marvel universe because i still think that one of the strengths with this and the last movie is that it's this is like the this is like the only or one of the few franchises within the mcu where you see things from like the common person's point of view um and it's not you know from within the avengers headquarters it's all just like how do normal people react to living in this crazy world that just keeps getting crazier and spider-man's kind of right. caught in between right so like it makes sense to me that they would escalate that side of his equation. He's like, uh, I'll, I, all I want to do is try to live as normally as possible. I want to say stay friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but this other side of me keeps keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting it keeps drawing me in, and I don't know how to deal with that. I I mm-hmm. I like that. I and I kind of think that yeah. I think that that's the direction it needs to go. But they can still stay grounded, and they can still keep it about the everyman's day to day in the MCU universe. I I think. I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited about the possibilities. In, in short, well, I mean, it's an interesting because it's, the, it's essentially it's the same. It's a it's a slightly different perspective on the same core of what Spider-Man like kind of is you know collectively known as the you know with great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. and and that's essentially kind of what is at his central character conflict. It just is never presented in that term. They do a good job of never saying those lines in any of these this, this Spider-Man narration. But it's his character is still just as much as about that. It's just you know they're approaching it from different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and kind of in terms of like that last scene that or you know the mid credits post credit scene with J. Jonah Jameson. I mean he that was the only scene he's in New York. That whole sequence was like okay. This is what you like have traditionally known Spider-Man. He's swinging for, through the skyscrapers. Right. It's the only scene that we've ever seen Spider-Man sing, swing through skyscrapers. He has MJ on his shoulder. You see J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. Like he's a pro, he's kind of turned into a pariah figure. Like oh, this is the kind of our traditional right. classic it- Spider-Man. But we've been we've literally had well two standalone, but essentially five movies. Where they were able to do their own thing, we could see that, okay, they're building this character and these characters in this relationship that's not resting on what we consider traditional Spider-Man. Right. <clears throat> and they've done a good job. Oh, and now, boom, we're like that's the kind of the mic drop at the end of this movie. It's like, okay, now that you love these characters in this world and everything about it, now we're going to show you our take on what the actual classic Spider-Man Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And yeah. that's actually that's, really exciting. Yeah, and it, that's exactly what my question was. So, like, it, yeah, like how do you guys feel about now that we are going to be entering what the traditional Spider-Man lore is with these new personalities and stuff well i'm oh go ahead sorry sorry, i was gonna say i'm really glad that you brought that up because i did think about that and if you think back to the raimi trilogy and then the amazing uh series um like the first movie in the raimi trilogy he graduates high school like at the end of the first act 
and then mm-hmm. and then the amazing movies he's out of high school by the end of the first movie it's like they couldn't wait to get everything set up they couldn't wait to get spider-man into the default where we know him so that they could start doing bigger things and i love the restraints that they've taken with this new series yeah. i love it i love yeah. and that's why now yeah it is the mic drop moment but it feels like it's a it feels like the time to do it it, it feels like they wait they you know they put the time in they invested i really like yeah. that a lot mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's also i think just really good for his character one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's on the plane uh, with John Favreau's character buddy, mm-hmm. and he kind of gets to mm-hmm. do his thing with the you know the Stark tech building his own suit, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah oh, man, he is kind of you know taking up the mantle, and I actually feel like that was the J. Jonah Jameson revealing Peter Parker's identity. I mean, you know, Tony Stark was totally okay with everyone knowing he was Iron Man. Peter Parker, I mean, like, I feel like it's. It, I know that that was like horrible for him in that moment, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like the world needs him to take the mantle and it's kind of a way mm-hmm. of you know showing that like look you got to be tony stark even if you don't want to be the world needs you this is who you are now if that makes sense yeah a little bit. that you mean when he's like designing the not suit, just when that... he's designing the suit that's the part where he's taking the mantle but then when oh, jay jonas jameson actually announces his name it's this it's the same as saying i am iron man but unfortunately letting it happen well yeah i mean it's a different right i mean like where it's one thing where iron man he chose to do exactly. that yeah and and spider-man didn't have a choice and it's a compelling like right both ways are kind of compelling where this is kind of thrust upon you yeah and it kind of echoes the whole theme throughout the his character arc throughout the movie of like you know he doesn't necessarily want this it's just constantly forced and thrust upon him true um, do you think it's where, where Iron Man? He was all about like the center of attention. Yeah. So. Do you think it, it was done, you know, for laughs that both movies end with somebody saying "What the f?" and then it cuts right there? Oh yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because there's Aunt May in the first oh, one, yeah. and then it's oh, Peter that's right. in this one. I forgot about that. That's good. Oh, oh totally intentional. I'm yeah, sure. it had to oh, be. Yeah. Um, what Vince? What going back to you, before we kind of got into the conversation, you started asking a question about the opening. What what were you asking about? Just like did it? So I mean, it just starts with here's Mysterio, here's Nick Fury, here's like I don't. It was just like you guys don't want any part of this, and it's I don't know. It just felt so like I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Just is, this, is it the opening? Mysterio? That's the very yeah. first. Oh, scene. that is the opening. I forgot it about was that. The You're cold right. open. It was before. Oh. Like, yeah, because the actual right. opening in the movie is so much more memorable. That's what everyone I'm assuming is thinking. Yeah. But yeah, the before that is they're in Mexico or I think Mexico, yeah. Yeah. right? In like in a destroyed town. Destroyed, like town. Destroyed, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't know. I felt. I mean, I thought I didn't dis. I didn't mind it or dislike it. But it let was, me explain on what, how I It was kind of weird. It felt like an after credit scene that you would get in like Endgame. It didn't feel like the start yeah. to a movie. If that would, if I can explain it like that, it did feel a little weird. I'll give you that. It felt a little awkward. Um, I don't. I can't quite put my finger on why, but yeah, it. it you're right. It did feel a little weird. Like it would have been a really good after credit scene in a Marvel movie. Yeah, you know, it is kind of funny that you say that because I could totally see that. Like it, but it wouldn't have made sense for them to do it at the end no, of Endgame. No, it wouldn't have. Like but, that would have been dumb and yeah, that silly. Been weird. But in, I don't know where else it would have fit. Uh, I think honest, it was. I, I could have seen like they have a whole Marvel template out there, but they knew, or scheduling caused them to have Endgame and then Spider Man, and they were like, "Man, this scene is really good," and it would totally work as an after credit scene. Got to put it somewhere. Just throw it in the beginning. Unfortunately, we don't have another Marvel movie coming out right now where we could put it. 
But I, it, I don't. I don't think that that doesn't sound right to me at all. Because I mean, as maybe the tone is weird, but I mean, story wise, you have to introduce the idea that there's this new superhero fighting monsters. Like that is yeah. crucial to the plot of this movie. You can't just have it in another movie and hope that the audience saw that movie and stayed to the credits. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was weird at all. I thought it was. Right. I thought it was fine. I think maybe if it felt strange, it's because it's a new character in a new situation, and you're just kind of thrown into it. Um, but uh, and and maybe there's the anticipation of oh I want to see Spider Man and I want to see the characters that I came for so you know it might have been a little bit of that but I, story wise I thought it was fine I thought it was okay and okay. it's a it's a well put together action scene it's, you know it's fine so yeah no it is um, I would say I, if we can get into negatives for the movie I don't have many there's only one scene in particular that I guess I would say like okay like I, I get why you need to do this but it's kind of heavy-handed is the exposition scene after he gets the glasses and he just stands oh, up at the bar that was that was like my favorite scene that was your favorite scene <laughs> it was one of them it was top like top oh, favorite oh you mean scenes. the midpoint of the, yes. the midpoint of the movie he or whatever he gets the glasses he stands up at the bar and then he just is doctor exposition and explains it was very exposition yeah. i thought they did it I, I, I thought it was hilarious. This is one of the funniest scenes in the movie because that's the scene where they're like going through each of the extras and they're like, and then like zoom in on the black and white and then they show the clip from the movie that they were originally in. And I don't know. I, maybe oh, it's the that audience. whole sequence. Every, that was cool. Yeah. That's that whole sequence, yeah. right? That's that and, whole scene. And what scene. I know about Mysterio, and I don't, you know, I'm not a big Spider Man comics guy. I've seen a little cartoons, but what I know about him is that he's like ridiculous. You know, and he's a showman, and he's over the top. And up until that scene, I, you know, because I, I knew he was going to be bad. I mean, if you know anything about him, you knew he was going to be bad. Yeah, right, but I, yeah. up until that scene, I was kind of like, I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing this a little bland. But maybe that's just because he's putting on a show. And then it's kind of like when Spider-Man leaves, he, it, it felt like he could not wait to do his villain monologue. Like he was just sitting there, like man. When he gives me the glasses, as soon as he's out of here, like I got, I've, I've been practicing. I had the, I have the whole thing written. I, I've been rehearsing in front of the mirror. Like I, and I just felt like that was very in character, based on what I know about that character. Um, and okay. it's, it's like so over the top. But for me, it just rides the line of being like not too over the top to be like believable in this universe. Like I still feel like that guy's as much, a, a, like a big enough jerk and a big enough just like. I don't know, weirdo that he would do that, and and then yeah, Sean, what you're saying, coupled with all the reveals of the uh, of the old Stark employees, I don't know, that really worked for me. I mm-hmm. that was, I don't know, that it was, was fun. Silly though, like how what? Okay, Mysterio was just dressed as Mysterio in the bar, and nobody in the bar was doing anything. How did Peter not? I I did, I did notice that. I did think about Peter that. Peter didn't think like this is weird. Nobody's coming up to. He's he's all over the news. Nobody would come up to be like, hey, can I get your autograph or something like. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. those minor things, I, it was kind of like fleeting thoughts. I mean, more so, too, just like the that because Peter was still dressed as the Night Monkey, so. <laughs> I love the, that. I love that. Monkey. That was so good. That was so great. <laughs> um, and so I did think that, yeah, I, I will admit to that. Uh, but, I mean, I see what you're saying in terms of that scene just being there unapologetically just like, exposition mm-hmm. um and i and i think that is a potential valid criticism but i just think that the way it was delivered to me kind of helped just like rough or you know smooth over the that just taking it all in because it was so entertainingly you know performed and shot and everything about yeah. it but yeah. i but i see what you're saying for sure i just wish uh he didn't have to be the bad guy. I, I was just I loving yeah. all the buddy 
like, oh, why can't Spider-Man just have this guy as the buddy? And it's like, it's not even if you know anything about Spider-Man, you know Mysterio is going to be a bad guy. It's just if you know anything about movies, like, yeah, oh, right. this movie needs a villain. Ah, dang it. It has to be him, doesn't it's, it? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be some, like, giant amorphous no, rock of course man- not. monster. So, but, yeah. so it's just every time there's, like, this heart-to-heart scene, I was like, no, but he's so charming. And, and <laughs> like, you're like, oh, he has a buddy. I don't want him to be the bad Why can't we just make that film? Why can't we just, you know? <laughs> and I think... My favorite line, also, in the bar, if you can imagine, but right before the whole exposition happened, is when he's like, I think you got a 50-50 shot, kid. I don't know. You're kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all, like, their chemistry was so great. Yeah. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal, I just loved him so much as both characters, as the good Mysterio and the, you know, actual, like, psycho yeah. Mysterio. Um, but it's surprisingly, like, the again... The Spider-Man franchise in MCU, I think these are two of the best villains, like the Vulture and Mysterio. And as much as I like the Vulture, I love Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah. It's like like Mysterio, I like him just as much, but for different reasons, right? Like he's so charming and he's a different personality, whereas, you know, Michael Keaton's so intense but empathetic. And like, I don't like, they, they really picked great actors to, for these guys first yeah, off. I think yeah. it also but then shows. they were able to convey like what are traditionally very like hammy, silly ideas of villains into actual like villains that resonate and like actually play off kind of the ideals and themes that the film is talking about in really interesting and fun ways. I think that also right. just shows the power of the MCU right now to where they can get mm-hmm. these fantastic actors to, you know, mm-hmm. play the roles of villains that, you know, maybe an actor, like an A-list actor back in the day would have been like, this is beneath yeah. me to play a villain. Yeah, exactly. right. like, I mean, and that's not even that long ago. Think about six years ago. Who's yeah. the actor that played the dark elf in Thor 2? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was, one of, the, it was is... one of the Doctor Whos. Yeah. I want to... Oh, uh, yeah, it was. Ryan, I want to go back to something you are saying, because you didn't want him to be the villain, right? Like, because you're enjoying his performance yeah. and just being the, the buddy guy. Um, I think that's a strength of the writing and the performances, too, because, like, you know, uh, Peter Parker, he doesn't have Tony Stark anymore, and I feel like he's desperate to have that type of figure in his life again after losing Tony, and it and having such a convincing performance from Jake Gyllenhaal, just being the buddy guy, the mentor, you can see why he would give the glasses up and why he would be so easily duped mm-hmm. by it, and it plays into the rest of the themes of him having to make decisions and be independent and all that, and, and it, that's... I don't know. It's a it's a strength of the writing, but also just of Jake Gyllenhaal, which I you know I I can't remember the last time I praised him this much for anything. He's so, great. Yeah, I mean, you saw Nightcrawler, yeah. didn't you? I mean, yeah, I saw Nightcrawler. He's good in Nightcrawler, yeah. but uh, yeah, I guess there's. I mean, he's he's actually likable right. in this film as opposed to Nightcrawler, True. where he was great. But eh, I don't really like that. Guy. I loved him. Nightcrawler. <laughs> he was such a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, even as he's the psycho, like it, he's in the comics. He's a the Mysterio's a, like a special effects right. artist from like movie making. So it was also just like a really fun take on that, where it's kind of the same idea in a lot of ways, but in a more relevant, interesting, semi-original like interpretation right. of that. And the idea of the dome being his head tracking, so- like. They've integrated all this stuff in just clever ways. Like, they didn't have to do that. And we're far enough into this crazy world of the MCU that we would just take a guy with a dome helmet and we wouldn't really care too much. Like, whatever. But they're integrated in ways like, oh, okay. Yeah, that actually makes practical sense. Yeah, you even way. had scenes where, like, he's in the warehouse rehearsing 
with all of his other scientists. Yeah. It's like it's a literal like rehearsal, like he's rehearsing for a movie. It feels like that, and that's See, another. And yeah, go ahead. That's even it, it. It made me think so much about like Iron Man three, and how you have the Mandarin, who's an actor who's playing this villain, and it's like, okay, which one did I appreciate more? Obviously, for me, it was Far From Home. But I mean, they're similar in the way that they're portraying these villains, where they're yeah. And I mean, I, it's crazy that Marvel has done this twice. You know, not not too long in between these movies for these characters. I mean, you got you got the Mandarin, you got Mysterio, and they're finding ways to make villains out of just intelligent or just like different people, and they can still just be just mm -hmm. as like intimidating or I don't know. I mean, like the the scenes where he has Peter in like these crazy like projection realities are like god this is horrifying yeah. oh those sequences were crazy like it was almost too um, much it was like, like it the was... uh, scarecrow sequences yeah. in the arkham games yeah I would, exactly what i was thinking um if you played the batman arkham video mm -hmm. games from the last 10 years there's a sequence that is that are like that where batman is drugged by the scarecrow character mm -hmm. you know the villain and it's very much reminiscent of that um and it's interesting you mentioned the video game, Tui, because a lot of, and that you mentioned you're playing through Spider-Man mm -hmm. again, uh, because there was so much in this movie that just like, man, did they take that? Not take that, but it feels like they played the video game because there's so many elements, whether that's just visual or tone or whatever, that feel lifted from the game. And and I guess it's just Spider-Man, so it's whatever, part of the Spider-Man world. But just some, like some of the moves he does, the ideas of the drones everywhere. The, I don't know. They're the just black like, suits is one of the suits that the you black can get. Suit. The, uh, the, yes. the Aunt May working for an orphanage. Uh, oh, J.K. Yes, exactly. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, J. Jonah, yeah, J. J. Jonah Jameson being like an InfoWars TV type instead of... Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's all stuff in the video game. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Chewie, and certainly not Matthew, but Chewie. What yeah. did you feel like was the funniest scene or line in this movie? Uh, see, I don't, I don't know that I can pinpoint one thing, but I will just use this question as a chance to say a broader thing. I think I really found funny and entertaining, and just really enjoyed all of the stuff with the high school trip, like the mm -hmm. teachers and the students. Uh, one because I remember going on trips in high school like that. And when you're in high school, everything just seems way more dramatic. And, like, the whole idea, like, oh, we got to make sure I end up sitting with her on the plane, but then it doesn't go right. And just those little th or, like, how he's got his plan where it's like, okay, if I don't, if this doesn't happen mm -hmm. at this time by this date, then I'm not going to date this girl. And, like, when you're in high school, you put arbitrary rules on things like that. And then just, like, as a high school teacher now and seeing how teenagers interact now, I feel like they nailed all of that stuff. Like... It just just all the interactions between all of them on the trip. I, I like that stuff as much as like I liked everything yeah. else in the movie. You know what all else I loved? Yeah, the snap had realistic consequences for Peter Parker's love. Oh, life. we're we're talking he about specific. If we're talking about specific funny scenes, when everybody came back from the snap, the marching band came back from the snap was <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> How does that work that though? So like, all the people that were like twenty one, so apparently. Like some of them were on the trip too. I don't, I don't quite understand. Well, because they're still and the ones well, who are younger are now older. Are are now yeah. I mean, so, so we have to assume that all the main characters got snapped and came back with Peter Parker, because they're all the same age as each other. Yeah, but, but now I mean, I'm guessing yes. go ahead. when the snap happened, though, like the public school system and all that kind of just fell apart, and so you know maybe they didn't even have school for those years. So everybody just can't. No, I think they still had school. I think it. I I think it. The idea is that like 
everyone who was still left, well, they continued on, and they're all five years older now. Right, and uh, nobody would have had any indication that anyone would have been unsnapped. I mean, the general public probably yeah. had no idea what Thanos was, or any, you know, I mean, the Avengers yeah. didn't even think they could fix it. So, yeah, they all just all right, let's just keep going. All those people are dead now, and then they come mm-hmm. back, and then you're like, what do we do? Which I thought I'm glad that they addressed that, and I'm glad that they didn't make yeah. it. They didn't address it in a downer way. Like I'm glad it wasn't the same tone as whenever they addressed that in the Avengers movies because. That would not have mm-hmm. been a way, good way to open the movie. It would not have meshed with this film at all. And then also that they addressed it, but they didn't like really spend too much time trying to like explain it. Like I don't know, maybe people have issue like, oh, how convenient. It's like, yeah, well, fifty yeah, percent is a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, fifty percent is enough to conveniently snap the entire cast of Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm fine with it. it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, I, it, it's serving the general purpose of the of the of the movie, and it's making the movie better. Like, yeah, it, it I would, feel like it wouldn't be the movie wouldn't be better if it was like MJ's now five years older than me. Like I don't know that they don't. That, I'm not interested in exploring that right. conflict, and the film isn't either. I don't know. They could have, I suppose it would, but that's obviously not the intent. That weren't trying to do that. So don't pretend and making it right. Issue. Yeah, people who have issues with those type of things, I feel like. Did you forget that like people are writing these? Like they don't spring yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah, it's convenient because they wrote it that way. It's <laughs> it's not a documentary it's, of like. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but speaking on that, like I don't know if it was my favorite or the funniest, but the whole opening, uh, aside from oh. the stereo cold open, but that whole sequence. Oh my god! <laughs> like I, it won me over from the first minute. I was just laughing so hard, and my audience again was like so into it it was just not like we're cracking up everyone is so and just the awkwardness of and i like you were saying it totally reminds me of the high school like news show oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah well we went to the yeah. same high school but we, we weren't all there at the same time but our my math teacher would put that on every week the 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 yeah. av club's news and it was just this just as bad i mean they they perfectly captured that aspect of high school just like they captured a lot of high school aspects and uh, yeah <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> What's his friend's name again? I'm sorry, I can't remember. Ned? Yeah, Ned. Ned. I just love how he has that whole plan to like get with like foreign girls, and then on the plane over there, he gets a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole, I mean, that whole dynamic was just great. It was really funny. Um, and the teachers, the, uh, I forgot their actor's name, Chris something or whatever, but the two teachers... Like, they were just, like, so perfectly, like, comedic paired together. There was the one who kept talking about witches, but then there's the one where after something traumatic happened, he's like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, good. I'm not qualified to deal with emotions. (laughs) And he's just, like, so sad sack. Like, like, one of my favorite lines was when he was like, yeah, so my ex-wife, she pretended she was snapped. She was really... We had a real funeral. It wasn't a fake funeral. It was a real funeral. But, I mean, it was a fake funeral because she wasn't dead. (laughs) Like, all of those, like, little... And those were just, like, you know, kind of almost like a sideline, right? right? And they were just, like, so funny. It was just, like... That throughout the film, though, that's what I mean. Like to me, like I was just like laughing consistently. Oh, me too. Yeah, I was just like, in a good mood, yeah. smile on my face entire time. Yeah. yeah, and like when Peter accidentally orders the drone strike on Brad in the <laughs> in the bus. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that whole sequence was a great, just like fun action sequence, but the perfect kind of action comedy. Like, just like every beat, and he punches a uh, flash, and just. Like... <laughs> 
man. Uh, what else? Uh, so it's not really a criticism, but what do you guys think? So I, I don't necessarily think the film was quote unquote lacking in this regard, but if there was one thing I would say that didn't like hit on the same high note as the rest of the film was maybe it didn't have the same kind of pathos, the same feels as some of the more like gut wrenching of the Marvel films. Again, this isn't a criticism, but I don't know what you guys thought. Did you guys like, there wasn't a moment that to me really like hit home emotionally on the same level. I, uh, Lots because yeah. we were far from home. I, uh, <laughs> oh. I, I felt it on the airplane scene with happy Hogan. And, and for me, I felt it a lot mm. because I feel like, this is a movie, like we just said, you're in a good mood for almost all of it. Um, e- even when the stakes yeah. are high, I was in a good mood for most of it and enjoying it, and it's fun time. So for for me, that scene hit harder because I wasn't expecting it to go as hard as hard uh, as it did. That's yeah. the only scene that I yeah. can think that I feel like really got me. Like it, you know. Yeah, I had forgotten. I agree. That scene was the one when, like, when the music played, like when it started playing the back and mm-hmm. black or whatever. Like, yeah, that was like. Oh, and then it brings you back. It yeah. brings it perfectly brings you yeah. back into the the, yeah. the overall tone of the mm-hmm. movie. And that's the thing is, I want I don't want this movie to get dragged down in that kind of stuff. I think that it had the for mm-hmm. me the perfect amount considering what this movie was and the tone it was trying to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like you said, it is kind of a, a palate cleanser, right? Like we've we just got yeah, done with Endgame. True. And that was, yeah, a lot of pathos, right? We had a lot of feels coming yeah. out of that thing. So um, they, yeah, they didn't want to, they wanted this to be a palate cleanser and it could be lighthearted and fun and just have a good romp at the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, for better or for worse, I suppose. Um, you're kind of talking about comparing like Vulture in the past. I think, yeah. Well, Homecoming was also a, a fun, for the most part, fun, lighthearted movie. Um, I think, I still think that like maybe there was a little more connection with vultures like his mm-hmm. agenda and like i i could get i was like okay i i see that he's just trying to provide for his family you know for more yeah. more or less whereas it wasn't i was never really on board or even understood exactly mysterio's like ultimate agenda um he just wanted the world to listen to him i guess which I, yeah well like, to I'm be not, honest i'm not like... sure what that means i guess <clears throat> i don't know I, I kind of had the same impression when I was walking out of the theater as you, and I just thought about it more, and I was like, where could this character fit in? And, like, realistically, the only place he could fit in is a post-Tony Stark world. Like, he would only rise from the shadows mm-hmm. once Tony Stark was gone, because yeah. he knows Tony would just defeat him instantly. Like, yeah. Sure, yeah. So and, that's... Right, right. And, and, Sean, I know that's not exactly what you were asking, but I, I guess, yeah, to me, it's, it's contributing that, yeah. to, like, the gravity or, oh, you know, the overall gravity or weight of the film... And I felt like mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. Uh, in all parts, this film was a lighter, a lighter film. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I do think though that it was like the ending of the films, kind of, if not emotionally, intellectually, was still resonated with me in a lot of ways. Just this idea that like it's so easy, everyone's so gullible, they'll believe anything. Like that's like it's it's, it's a really interesting message. That's a really powerful, interesting message right. that you're able to fool the most powerful people, the mo- the smartest people. And, you know, give them something to believe in. And that, like, that's an interesting idea, too, because so often we traditionally think of that as, like, a very positive message. And obviously in the films and and stuff that are conveying that message, it is. But it is an interesting take. Like, yeah, believe is is good, but it could also be used. People can manipulate and use it. And and it was like, oh, it's an interesting intellectual idea in something that really hasn't been explored in the MCU and in a film that's ultimately a really light-hearted, fun romp, 
it's still like, eh, that's, eh, it's, it's, it's noteworthy. It made me think a little bit, like something I wasn't expecting. And it, and it ties into the ending with the whole idea of the, the new Jonah Jameson being an InfoWars type and the idea yeah, of people exactly. believing what they want to believe or whatever, you know, misinformation being spread. Yeah. Yeah, it all connects together really nicely for me. It all gels. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you guys had to rank all of the Spider-Man films, include like, how would you rank them? What would your be order? What would your order be from your favorite to your least favorite? So all the Sam, the three Sam Raimi films, the two Andrew Garfield films, um, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Far From Home, and Enter the Spider. Okay, uh, Spider-Man three is at the top. Uh, the rest of them I don't care enough about to rank. <laughs> Very good. I'm Done. only a Done. correct. I'm answer. only a little bit correct joking. <laughs> I hope. Oh no. Well, I unironically right. love Spider-Man three. I just wanted to throw that out there, but I let, let, I, I can't say I love it. I but love I don't it. I love it more than I, I know everyone hates that, but it is not worthy uh, of hate. No, it is I mean, not. I, in fact, than... I'm I'm with Matt on this one, Chewie. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Vince, come, we got to pull all this right. away from Facebook. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I, I do need a minute to do my ranking. So if Sean, maybe you are able to. <laughs> no, I can do okay, it. Okay, yeah, I, I have thought about this. Okay, if you yeah, go for it. Right. Yeah. So at the top of my list would be. Um, the Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. definitely Into the Spider Verse, and then I would put Spider Man Two, uh, the Sam mm-hmm. Raimi one, and then I would probably put it's close between Spider Man One, Sam Raimi, and this movie, mm-hmm. um, Far mm-hmm. From Home, and then so I'll put them in a tie. You can just say tie for them, and then it would be um, be Homecoming, then Spider Man Three, then Amazing Spider Man One, then Amazing Spider Man Two. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty close to you. So, though, main difference is I think Spider-Man 2 is still my favorite. I, I do think it's probably more dated, and I haven't seen it, like, in a couple years. So, it's worth another watch. But I think my ranking would be Spider-Man 2, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, then this, Far From Home, then Homecoming, then the first Spider uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, then Spider-Man 3, then the first Amazing Spider-Man, then Amazing Ours Spider-Man are very 2. close. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the worst. Yeah, I I didn't mind. Uh, Do we start from the top or the bottom? I'll start from the bottom. Uh, Yes, just since you mentioned it. Amazing 2 is the bottom. Then Amazing. Then then the original (laughs) Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man 3. Then Spider-Man 2. Homecoming. Spider-Verse. And then Far From Home at the top. Wow! Wait. So oh, okay. you like you really didn't like the first Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi one, all that much? I I don't think that there's that much of a difference in quality between any of the three of them. I I, I think I enjoy them all about the same, and I think a lot of the things that are criticized about any of them are valid criticisms for all of them. Um, I think, I'll agree with that. I think the, um, the yeah I think the third one suffers most from having too many plot lines. But all in all, if I'm gonna if yeah, I'm gonna pick one out to watch, I'm gonna pick three over one. I enjoy it more. <clears throat> But okay. but I do I do think two is the best of the Raimi trilogy. I mean, Chewie, would you say that that is possibly because you're just kind of tired of seeing the Peter Parker origin story? No. In a movie? Mm-mm. No, you don't. No, think so? you I don't just think, think I just think three is a more enjoyable movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. But you got Willem Dafoe. Yeah, but he's in all of them. <laughs> he he shows he up. He shows up yeah, in all three of them. A lot of it. You get yeah. a lot of it in the first yeah. one. That's true, but I don't know. I I stand by what I say. But is he? Uh, Atlantean. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So. There's eight Spider-Man movies, and Spider-Man Three is my fifth one. So, you know, it's far enough down the list, I think, to to please yeah. people who hate that movie. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Ryan, what's uh, yeah? What's I think I'm going to fall pretty closely in line with you guys. I do put Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi number one, at the top of my list, but partly because of historical oh, okay. context, and I think that that film did yeah. a lot for superhero slash comic movies yeah, as I a whole. Agree. So I, so mm-hmm. as a film, maybe that's not a fair thing to say, but I do put it at the top because of of how of the influence, I guess we'll say. Um, and then we'll say Spider-Man mm-hmm. two. Um, then Far From Home, then Spider-Man 3, then Homecoming, then Spider-Verse, then the garbage. <laughs> the, Amazing. Is there, wait, then, uh, yeah, I will put them at the bottom, like, I'll say, yes, Amazing 1, and then Amazing 2, and then Amazing 1 again, and then Amazing <laughs> 2 again. Wait, why? That's how it's... bad those films are. But, um, actually, it, I do have to say. You actually like. What? What's that? I was going to say, you put Spider-Man 3 above Homecoming? Yes. I respect right. that. Um, this is a no-judgment. Why is, at least no, wait, no. I'm judging you. Why is Into the Spider-Verse so far down? <laughs> well, because they're all so good. Like, I would say, honestly, that Far From Home, <laughs> Homecoming, and Spider-Verse, because, one, they're very closely, in terms of my lifetime, came out very closely together, mm-hmm. right? So, one, is hard to maybe as 10 years pass, I can look back at them as more distinct entities. But to me, they're all of supreme quality and all kind of joined together. So to me, I can shuffle those three films around in any order. Okay. Who would you say of all the superheroes has the most consistent movies? Would you say Spider-Man? I I don't know. In terms of quality, if you had to guess, like, would it be like Spider-Man? I say Batman. No, I think Superman. Mm. Superman, because well, Batman has yeah. some. Batman has consistently some, as in they're not they're not great. Like co- exactly to me, the con- exactly Superman consistently mediocre. But Batman yeah, has well, some Batman, really really good. Let me ask him more. Let me ask him more Spider Man relevant question. Where do we put Venom in this ranking? Oh, you know I still haven't seen that <laughs> because Ooh. I put it right at the top. But at any rate, look none of, none of these Spider-Man none of these other movies have fighting. a scene. Where Tom Hardy jumps into Tom a lobster Hardy. tank in broad daylight in a nice hotel and then starts eating a live lobster. You know that movie was on, is on HBO right uh, now or whatever, and I was watching it and I, I was watching. And I turned to it right during that scene. I was like, it it doesn't lose any of its power yeah, after the second good. viewing. It just when he eats the good. frozen tater tots or when he makes out with Venom, but it's like sexy Venom in the forest. That movie's mm. What yes. the heck? What? I have <laughs> yep. not seen this movie. Yeah. That's not our responsibility. Go watch. Go watch Venom, and then you can oh, come report back. This isn't. This isn't winning. This isn't piquing my interest. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, well, okay. So we kind of touched on it a little bit, but how do you guys feel about the future of? Uh, and not so much the the MCU, although we could talk about that. But just this Spider-Man franchise, like. I, I touched upon it earlier, but how way more excited I am for it than I thought I would be. Like, I was so ready after Endgame and just like, okay, I just want a breath from this world and all these superheroes. Give me a break. I don't need... And then after the end of this movie, I'm like, nope. oh, bring them on. I want them. in there. I want to see them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great. Like, they, they did a masterful job. I mean, like, if, if this... If Tom Holland's going to carry the franchise, a new young face, like... It just mm. it's it can't feel old. You got this new young kid who, yes, he's he he's new to the universe technically, but like you've seen him in a couple of you know Marvel movies already. It's like it feels fresh and new, but also still comfortable in, in the MCU. He's just so charming. Yeah, I mean, come on, Tom Holland. He's just I uh, I want to snuggle up. With I, I, him. Think, I don't know about that. 
I think it's a pretty well-known uh, thing that Marvel MCU has kind of had a villain problem. That's kind of been the weak link for a lot of the yeah. mo- these movies. And I think the Spider-Man series has solved that. Um, and I, I was so like, I mean, the Amazing Spider-Man movies are bad for lots of reasons. But I was so just like, I don't want to see Green Goblin again. I don't need the Osborns. And then they go mm-hmm. into the basement, and there's a villain basement, and there's like the the Doctor Octopus <laughs> yeah. backpack, and all the things that we've seen already. Mm-hmm. And I just like that. Not only has this these movies in particular figured out how to solve the villain problem, they're villains that we I mean we we haven't seen in Spider-Man movies before. Yeah, and I want them to push the Osborn story as long as po- away as long as possible. Yeah. I don't need to revisit that. I don't need Doc Ock. Like, yeah. let's keep doing these new things and their versions of it. And it I don't know. It's exciting. I'm into it. I that's what I want more from Spider-Man. I want them to keep making these movies because they're fun, but also yeah, keep giving me new stuff. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, in the Spider-Man Rogue Gallery, I think I mentioned in an earlier episode that it reminds me so much of the Batman Rogue mm-hmm. Gallery. is so there's It's just so deep. And you get into some really wacky things and really silly characters. I mean, the Vulture itself. Like, before that movie, the Vulture was a jo- like kind of like, oh, that, that was not one of the primo Spider-Man villains. At least not in my opinion. Um, but they turned him into like, yeah, he's one of the best villains in the MCU. Uh, so yeah, if they could keep mining kind of these these wacky characters and turning him to turning them into compelling antagonists, yeah, be, I, I I keep watching that for sure. Yep. Yeah, I guess kind of going back to what I was saying before, like how they're now folding these spider this Spider Man saga back into with more of the canon things, and I I am approaching it with a little more maybe trepidation than you guys because I love what they've done in straying away mm-hmm. or, or keeping away maybe yeah. from that content. So I'm a little nervous about them just kind of like Matt, like just like you said, like the, this, like, Oh, we went to the basement and, or, and in a way for me seeing Jameson on the big screen TV, it was kind of like, Oh, right. This whole thing about how Spider-Man's a bad guy sort of thing. And so I, I wasn't too keen on that. Cause I'm loving the storyline they're going with, but I'm also optimistic because of the faithfulness of good storytelling that they've shown me so far. So I'm on board, and I do want to see more. Um, I'm just a little like, I was like, ah, but we've seen that enough times. I, I kind of like this different take on Spider-Man where he's an Iron Man Spider-Man kind of thing. Right. Um, so anyway, that's that's just my thought on that. Yeah, it's, that's a valid thought. That's a valid trepidation. But I also think that just they have been making good choices so far. And if they can find a way, if they can find a way to incorporate that stuff and keep making good choices about it and keep doing it fresh, then I'm okay with them touching on some more familiar territory. I just don't want the same origin stories and the same exact characters mm-hmm. set up again. Yeah. I, I there's a lot of stuff to mine, and if they do a little bit of familiar territory, that's cool. But balance it out with new stuff is what I want. Well, any other thoughts on Spider-Man? I mean, it's we obviously all really like this film, but I want to at least take this last chance. For any any last chances to gush about this film, anything we haven't mentioned that you just loved? I mean, there's so many things we didn't talk about. Uh, the um, Aunt May and Happy like relationship was consistently really funny, and they both played like like really awkward. And how you know Spider Man or you know Peter reacted to it all was great. Um, the uh, Ben Davis character, the kind of like weirdo, not weirdo, but the guy who aged up mm-hmm. and was kind of hitting on MJ and stuff his just like character and Peter's reaction to him was really funny. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, I don't know. Any other things that you, you are worth, you know, some praise. Um, I really like Zendaya actually. I thought she was really good. Um, I did too. I yes. She, yeah. Very. She, 
she wasn't too but, like she would put on this like the awkward face kind of thing and she didn't like overdo it because i i was worried she was just gonna like oh that's my go-to like stare at the mug at the camera face kind of thing mm-hmm. but she was like perfectly charming and uh yeah she was she was great she was believable to me. She was, just like a lot yeah. of the teen characters, she was very believable. Played it awkward and weird, and yeah, that's how I would imagine a, a person like that on a high school trip like that would act in that those situations. So yeah, yeah, right. That was a strength. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. No, I, I mean, yeah, I think I've said my thing. I just really, I really like this movie. Oh. <laughs> it's a good time. Fantastic. Um, well. There you go, everyone. Go watch Spider-Man again and again and again. It's not going to be as good as Spider-Man 3, nope. but you'll probably still like or it. Or metal detecting. won't be as good as that. Or Exactly. <laughs> Nothing but maybe you'll find some rusty nails in the movie theater. So. so metal detect and find some coins and use it to go watch Spider-Man again. Oh, there you there go. You go. Get a little cheap matinee ticket. Um, cool. Well... Um, if you did see us, let us know what you thought. Did you share our love for this film? Um, and if you didn't, why didn't you? Or were you like um, Chris Schmidt, who refuses to watch this film because he's a psycho? Wait, did, is that a real thing? Did he really refuse to watch? You no, know, you know, Vince. I don't know why you bother to ask. Like every every time this happens, you're you're always like, Nobody wait, did should... he? No, yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's refusing to watch it. Well, okay, so in his words, uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to watch it. I'm taking a break from the Marvel films. <laughs> and then when I, when I, you know, poked a little bit further, I'm like, well, one, I offered him a free ticket to come up and watch it on the sneak preview that I attended to because he works relatively close to me compared to everyone else. So I'm like, hey, you want to come up and watch Spider-Man for free tonight? And it's a sneak preview. It's going to be fun. He's like, nah. And I'm like, what are you... He's like, no, I, I'm taking a break. I'm like, what are you talking about, you psycho? Go watch this free movie Come with see me. a movie Spider-Man. with a friend then. He's like, but of... I'm not going to compromise my values for free. I'm like, <laughs> Wait. Compromise no, your values. No, you didn't say that. Uh-huh. Yes, he did. He, it, do, you have, do you have photographic evidence of that text? I have chat, I have chat log of no, this conversation. No, I need to see that. <laughs> I, will, I will send it to you after the cast. Anyway, In any case, well, enough well, about Chris Schmidt. Well, well, but, uh, yes, well, everyone well, go see okay, this film. Sure, take, take it home, or do you got anything else? <laughs> uh, no, I got nothing else, so list it off. All right, this has been After the Credits, the Chunks Podcast, episode 42 on Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, if you have a preferred podcasting outlet that you like to listen to your podcasts on, we're on a whole bunch of them. We're on Apple and Google and Castro, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are also on the original Yum Chunks YouTube channel. If you'd like to reach the show, the YouTube channel is a great place to leave a comment, so we read all of those. You can also email us directly at yumchunks at gmail.com. If you agree with anything or disagree with anything we've said, send us an email. We'll read it live on the show, and we'll talk about whether we whether we think there's any merit to what you said. Probably, probably we'll at least pretend to be positive about it because we'll be psyched that we got any emails. So that is very true. We have still only received four up in, as of this recording. So there you go. Those are all the places that you can hear us and get a hold of us, and uh, hopefully you'll join us next time after the credits. Sean usually say that. I wanted to try it on, but oh well, it it fit pretty good, I think. Yeah, join us next time. Thanks for staying after credits. Next time we will probably be. What are we going to talk I was, about? I was going to so, say Lion King. Well, you could do Stranger uh, Things. I, was, I mean, I'm not. 
we could maybe do a Stranger Things. I'm not against that. But Lion King's probably the next film we're going to talk about. So tune in for that. Um, and then there's a good chance we'll probably do another Comic Con episode as Ryan and I attend or are going to attend. Yeah. Um, so we got some stuff coming down the line for the end of the summer. After Lion King, though, is there any big. Fast uh, and the Furious presents thing? Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, well, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> They had that trailer and Spider-Man. I was like, what is even going on? <laughs> I mean, that's as much as a crazy superhero film franchise now. Guys, I'm not yeah. a fan of yeah, how they're doing trailers right now. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not liking them. At least... You don't know if it's just you that you're not a fan? I know that it. it I'm asking for other people's opinions. You. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. That sounds like a personal problem. But I will say, did you guys notice that there was no... In the, in the Spider-Man trailer, if you guys have seen it, there's a whole sequence where he's like busting some... Like in a bank. Bandits yeah. or something. Yeah, and the cops go, he's like, hey, where you been? Or he's, what does he say? He's like, I'm too busy doing He's like, oh, you the new Iron Man? He's like, no, I'm too busy doing your job. Not in the, the film. It'll be on the Blu-ray. It's like, fine. It's whatever. I yeah. suppose. It does feel like they're literally filming scenes for trailers now, though, which is just a funny Well, it idea. isn't, because if you watch all the Spider-Man, you know, Far From Home trailers, almost all of it is in the first, like, act. You know, first, like, hour. Yeah, well, they can't give away the plot. Also, there was this shot where Spider-Man's, like, standing on a catwalk, and a TIE fighter rises up behind him. And that oh, wasn't no. in the final movie either. You guys, that's, I already did the sign-off. I've already done the <laughs> sign-off. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here quick. This has been After the Credits. A Young Chunks podcast. <laughs>